Okay, test one, two. Okay, that's better. For some reason, my uh, my input in Audacity was actually the output of my headphones, so I was recording you talking. Oh, fun. That would be yeah, a that great podcast. Just, just, me, just me talking to myself the whole time. <laughs> Best podcast ever. You only hear one side of the conversation, so it's a, it's a mystery when they talk. <laughs> All right, okay, let's do it live. All right. I'm recording in two places, so hopefully that's enough recording. Those recordings. Let's do this! Welcome, dear listener, to the QQ Cast. Today is Thursday, July 7th, 2022. We're your hosts, Tom DuPont and Raul Torres. Say, where's Zachary? Where? Donde está Zachariah? Holy shit, really? When did you learn Spanish? I, I'm, I don't know any of it. I just wing it. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and this, dear listener, is Quest 271. How's the Steam Deck? Question mark. I don't know. We may or may not talk about that. Really, one of my favorite things ever was getting to attend your wedding, and you had like cue cards to say your lines and your vows. I didn't have cue cards. I didn't have cue cards. I had to repeat what he said, and I didn't even know what I said. So (laughs) it was the best. Do you you want to feel Uh, old, Tom? Do you know how long ago that was? Ten years. Uh, Eleven. Oh fuck me. Yeah. Welcome to the You Were Getting Old cast. Yeah, I pulled a tendon in my thumb. That's taken like a month to heal. It's still not done healing. Uh, My surgery for my foot thing didn't work. And the doctor was like, well, I guess we could fuse your bones together so you don't have joints anymore. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. Oh, man. Do you have the bonitis, Tom? physical therapy for my arms so I can type more. I'm falling apart, Raul. Fuck. Oh, you got got to do the the stretches every day. And every time I hear someone say that, I I immediately do the stretches because I'm like, I can't remember the last time I did it. The nerve glides. Yeah, no, I have to do those twice a day. Um, Yeah. Yeah, we're all, but that's okay. Really, you know what I do want to point out uh, real quick about this episode of the podcast? Last month, we only recorded once. We did the QQ Adventure. Okay. And it took me forever to edit it. So last month would be the first time in years where we didn't have a podcast go up. So I am going to wow. backdate the QQ adventure to put it up last month. <laughs> um, tricky, Which means tricky. if anyone's subscribed, they're not going to see it. And I don't care. <laughs> tricky, tricky. Yeah. Uh, yeah, dude, it took me like damn near eight hours to edit that one. That was... Uh, wow. We, we need to do... Not today, because I'm not going to lie... It's, it's one of those days where I, I'm, I'm not on fumes yet, but I'll get there. But one of these days, you need to give us like an idea of what it is behind the scenes to edit something. Because when you say it takes you eight hours to edit something, I'm kind of like, eight hours doing what? So it'd be interesting to take a peek behind the curtain and know all the fun stuff you do to make our podcast better. So, Dear listener, tune in to Quest 272. How do you edit a podcast? Uh, yeah, you know, I've learned a lot over the years uh, in little spurts. I'll like kind of like, do some homework like every other year to be like, I want to make the podcast better. I want to learn the make quality better. Mm-hmm. Um, as strictly, a, again, we have no subscribers. It's strictly yeah. a personal thing. And uh, yeah. And so whenever I go back and do it, it's fun. And this time with the QQ Adventure, I wanted to, to add more clips and uh, really clean up the audio and really pay attention to it. So yeah, I'd be happy to go over it. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. you, know, you have to like re-listen to the thing like four or five times. And then that's not like you have to stop and edit as you're going. So it takes, it takes a long, long fucking that time. That makes sense. Right, yeah, so I don't. I don't do that for the normal episodes. I, I don't. Episodes. I don't I know if we, we. 
I'm going to assume we don't have an agenda for whatever, so I'm just going to ask you questions. Oh, um, yeah, sure. We'll, we'll so, get to the Steam Deck. Dear listener, I don't know. Welcome welcome back. Uh, six weeks off, and this is what you get, suckers. <laughs> so, so just out of curiosity, I'm wondering... Um, you, you've, you've put a lot of effort into learning kind of like the audio skills and stuff like that. Have you applied that to any of your like real world quote unquote job skills or have you done it for any other other projects? It's like, I think it's an awesome thing. I'm just wondering, is it just, is it strictly just hobby territory or is it kind of like the typical nerd hustle where you got to make your, your, your hobbies <laughs> apply to something that makes money too? Yeah. I mean, you got to make the money when credit's no good because the job was run the shop in your neighborhood. Um, that was a nineties reference. No, this is purely, uh, purely hobby land. Um, you know, way back in the day, I used to do like tutorial videos for, for software when I was at Codesmith, but I haven't done anything akin to that in a long time. Um, because I know we've said we wanted to do like some type of like twitchy like screencast for a while, but I've also been like, uh, that's just, that's this beyond. Once I start looking into OBS or something, that's, I'm like, this is just too complicated for me and I don't got time for that. Yeah, there's a lot like getting stuff to work is easy doing it at any level of quality is hard. So I don't I don't claim to have any significant uh, experience or abilities with audio stuff. Like I'm sure my you know my my friends who do audio engineering would would scoff at me. But learning some basic filters, learning how to, you know, clean up audio cuz like there's so many, you know, mediocre podcasts out there where people just record themselves and you hear the white noise in the background, there's lots of dead space and there's pops. Like learning the basic mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. Um doing the editing itself is just basically time and effort like you kind of have to know like a basic order of operations um but it's not it's not particularly hard and again i don't claim to be particularly good at it i just keep trying to level up little bits at a time little spurts here and there that's cool um and again i i do think it would be fun to put to use and do like like especially with software do video tutorials again so there's some really cool people that do that i i you know used to blog prolifically and but at the same time, it's it's a lot of effort, and oh, yeah. I'd have to yeah. learn videos and cameras and lighting. Um, so I don't know if I'll ever get around to that. I'd like to, but I'm well, not I, I, I say you have to, yes and no, because there have been a lot of um, information-rich uh, YouTube videos that I've watched that have the least amount of production value, but it's folks just getting out there and doing it versus like, oh, hey, there's a lot of production value here. I learned absolutely nothing because this is kind of lowest common denominator trying to make a video for the clicks type thing. So I, I, I always say don't let stuff like that hold you back if you're actually interested. Yeah, so. no, I mean, it just like you have to find the content you have to... It, you know, ideally, you write a script. That's really the best way to do content. Um, but you have to, you know, <laughs> dear listener, you have never used a script, script in this entire. Yeah, no. Even if you don't write a script. podcast, no, just... <laughs> oh no, we yeah, we don't. I'm saying if you actually want to make like especially informative content, yeah, you want a script, you want to stay on it, you want to record the audio, you have to like set up and record video and do edits and zooms and put them together. Um, and if you want to put yourself on camera again, if you do lighting, it's way easier if you don't put yourself mm-hmm. on camera. So. There's a lot of stuff there that takes effort. And again, I, I'd like to. I also think, like, at this point, I would be doing, for the most part, really weird topics. So, like, uh, so- okay, let, let's talk Let's talk shop for a second, software. Okay, so, go for it. Because um, I used to, you know, whenever I'd make a utility, I'd, I'd blog about it. I'd be like, okay, I did something that I needed at work. This has nothing to do with work. This was how I did, you know, some async thing. Or this is how I worked around some performance bug with blah, you know, in the .NET framework. Mm-hmm. Really basic shit. Yeah. Um, so if I were to talk about that kind of stuff today, I do some fairly obscure shit that uh, would be a little hard to blog about. Um, so like right now, I've been experimenting a lot with 
the software, one of the pieces of software I'm working with right now uses enums to do a lot of data. And it's like, man. Is that kinda, in the C sharp world? In the C sharp world, yeah. Okay. And we kind of like, if you want to like patch in stuff, you can't use enums. You can't do like data driven stuff with enums because enums are a compile time constant. Mm-hmm. Depending on how you use them. So going over the difference between an enums name versus an enums value, uh, the frame, .NET framework will keep metadata around about an enums name so it can parse it and it can figure out what it is. But at runtime, it's effectively just an int or a long, uh, whatever yeah. you assign it to. And it doesn't type check anything. Values don't matter to enums. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of get away with patching data into an enum, but it's hard. So like alternatives would be to only patch data into the enum and completely jettison names out of them, but then you lose things like IntelliSense. Other options are to create um, like structs or wrappers around another data type. Uh, and how do you make that from a you know authoring standpoint? Like a drop-in replacement is like to enum, so your your code base can keep working and people who are used to getting IntelliSense still get it. There's a lot, and like, do like, you want to uh, use new .NET source uh, code generators? Strong, strongly stuff. typed languages. It's, it's been so long <laughs> since I've done any of that. Yeah. Oh, you want IntelliSense. You actually want to know what's inside your object. You actually I want do. to know what you're do, working with. Oh, you sweet summer child. <laughs> it's just so, random. It's whatever yeah, you get. It would, be, it would be really, like, bizarre topics like that if I were to make any videos right now. Gotcha. Um, so, eh. Okay. We'll see. So, okay, well, there was a total off-topic thing about podcasts and editing and videos and dreams and aspirations of becoming a YouTuber with a Patreon. Living, well, I will say, I, I do want to add one one thing to it, slash question, that I do Andy. think that, that the podcast has somewhat improved my speaking slash conversational skills, especially in a world that is going way more remote. Um, I, I think even even small habits of like eating the microphone and stuff like that, um, it's been pretty kind of helpful. I, you I think actually, it's, you always have great mic quality, by the way, like however close you're putting the mic and whatever volume you're using, you always sound great. Zach, I think, keeps his mic like three feet away from his fucking face. (laughs) (laughs) You always sound great. Thank you. And yeah, no, I mean, like, uh, I think it has helped the three of us. And I I don't know if Zoom has also done it for the last two years. But like, you learn not to talk over people. You learn how to inject little things, right? Um, And especially the fact that the three of us have been doing this for so long. We are really good at predicting each other when talking. Like, having our guest on. Taylor was awesome. I'm super glad Mm -hmm. she came on and she was great. You could kind of tell, especially when I was editing, I could kind of tell, you know, she doesn't know as much how to chime in when the others are talking or like how we do or don't step over each other. So again, she didn't do bad in any stretch. But when I was doing edits, I would I, I'd move little chunks of audio around more often around her than around you, Zach and I, because we just know each other's ticks. Yeah, that makes sense. That also sounds really, really strange, but actually completely believable. So I'll run with it. I know you, Tom. Apparently, I know you well. <laughs> what a thought. I mean, that's a that's a big thing on podcasts, right? Is is chemistry and rapport and also practice. I I really, you know, I think I've said this on mic before. Like, I really enjoy, aside from just I love talking to the two of you, and you know, we've all been friends for a long time, and I love it. If this is nothing else, it's an excuse to get to hang out with my friends every week, and I fucking adore that. Um, I like actually the the three of us as a trio. Usually, you get the really classic two people agree on something, one person disagrees on something, which I think has made, if our banter is remotely entertaining to anyone out there, I think that's a big <laughs> part of it. Because um, again, there's so many things I agree with you on, and there's plenty of things I disagree with you on. And then again, like it's usually turned out where it's not just some circle jerk where all of a sudden, yeah, fucking sucks, oh my God, it's the best thing ever. Um, it actually turns into like 
a discussion where it'll, you know, again, it'll be two on one for most stuff. I think the three of us just coincidentally, I don't know why, happened to make that work on the podcast. And I think that's part of the fun of it. That's pretty cool. So so you mentioned kind of like podcast format. Is that kind of like folksy knowledge of like, I know you're you're recommending a new random podcast or YouTube video almost every other recording. So is, is that more folksy knowledge or is that a little bit more... You did some research and I'm like, oh, hey, there's there's a template of doing, you know, broadcast radio shows ever since the 50s. And this is how they do it. Uh, I mean, there I've, I've done some little bit of like homework and listening to how to make stuff and edit stuff and what have you and listen to like especially like the behind the scenes podcasts about podcasts and shit like that. Um, again, I don't claim to be very knowledgeable. There's just a couple of really foundational rules that you really need to do so like us having the general structure of there's a question we're trying to talk about and now that we you know have like you know here's this up front and then news back here um having any kind of structure always helps the conversation move forward like even professional podcasts that don't seem like they have structures like interviews they always do yeah and really the crappiest podcasts are the ones where people it's i mean we're just rambling right now right we're talking off the cuff but like the crappiest podcasts are the ones where People just think, oh, we'll hop on. How, how you doing? I don't know. Played a thing. All right. How are you doing? Um, yeah, having any kind of structure is yeah. really valuable to moving the podcast along. I forget where I saw it, but like um, my, my favorite are like those chaotic, uh, what is it? Uh, neutral, whatever, uh, D&D charts of like how folks yeah. kind of organize pod. Like it was, it, the subject of this one was like how they organize podcasts and stuff like that. And um, I forget what it was, but like one of them was kind of like what we do. It's just like you have a chat room and you put things in there. A couple other ones were like you have like, you know, uh, what is it? Lawful good was like there is a there is a document on a shared drive for every single episode every single time, and I think one of the other ones was like I think what chaotic neutral was like um, you have one document that you've used for the past ten years and everything <laughs> goes in there, and, and I would say like there's it's it's we we've we've slowly migrated to Slack. I think having the different channels for kind of quick conversations has been good. Um, yeah, there's some 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 organization there. Yeah, again, if anything, I claim we're doing the minimum bar, and arguably we're not even doing that. <laughs> there's, been some, there's been some really bad episodes where we're trying to do news, and it's like, um, anyone can anyone Google a topic? Uh, you know, that's where it's like, again, well, if you don't have any prep in any structure, it drags. But just having, I think just having the minimal amount we have is, is good enough. And yeah. again, we're not professionals, so I don't give a shit. Yeah. But well, I'm not going to lie, like, for, for the news section... I think it's been very challenging the past two years to yeah, find no something shit. warm and sunny to talk about. I don't necessarily think it's part. It, it's it's obviously one part is the preparation, but I do think it's just like, like even like I think what was E three E three is canceled again, but I think it's actually there was a big announcement that it's going to be back in twenty twenty three. Sounds about right. So like you know it's just like you know between things going offline, nothing happening, the world being on fire, you know it's just it's uh. It's been hard to not talk about politics. I mean, the, the pandemic was one thing, but here, at least in the States, it was so almost inseparable from politics, which is, is fucking pathetic. You know, like, you know, anti-mask, you know, rebellion and all this bullshit. Like, I just, it was hard why, to not talk about politics. I didn't why do you hate freedom, Tom? Like, why do you hate freedom? I know, I know. <laughs> I, I just would rather everybody give each other rabies and shit. It's great. Um... <laughs> Yeah, God, you're right, dude. It was so hard to, mm. to untangle those. And, like, even recently, right, all the shit going on at the Supreme Court. I don't want to fucking talk about that. Jesus Christ. Um, you know, I, I, I think about it enough and I, you know, have little conversations about it enough. I don't want to 
put like again occasionally on the podcast we kind of want to uh you know document or capture what's going on for prosperity you know so i can look back at the headlines someday and go holy shit we talked about that five years ago like there's there's a time and a place that i want to kind of grab that time capsule but fuck i don't want to do that every fucking week um (laughs) god it's been rough that's funny so then on that subject then let's segue to the the subject at hand um what what fancy fancy new purchase did you get recently oh man uh recently i purchased uh health insurance because i had to go and no, i'm kidding well i'm not kidding actually but, um raul could you possibly be referring see i'm trying to actually pull it down from the shelf right now my fucking thumb hurts i had to use my right hand uh, <laughs> raul i purchased a valve steam deck what oh, wow. fancy purchase might you have made recently hey i also purchased a fancy fancy steam deck too wow and I believe another one of our friends who has come on the podcast once or twice. Oh, here you're gonna hear the zipper. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Trey uh, ordered his yesterday. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Or today, something like that. Yeah, and our our co-host Zach hasn't gotten an email. Yeah, so I I think like 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 let's from from first impressions, kind of how things work. I was kind of terrified with how the uh, the ordering process works because I, I reserve this like what nine months ago or so something like that and i mean i i am i am horrible with email i am horrible with text messages so i, I check my email maybe once a week if that um <laughs> the the gmail filters have been making made it really nice for it just like unless it's a real human being i just don't care um so i i was just checking my email i think it was like a monday morning and it was just like Hey, your your order is gonna expire in three days, and I'm like, when is three days? I'm like, oh, that's in like two hours. I guess I'm buying this now. <laughs> so that that was kind of an interesting experience. I'm like, I'm actually kind of surprised that they don't kind of tell you that ahead of time, like the window thing. I don't know if that's just like it's been it evolving email. how they sell it and stuff. But I was like, that's that's kind of annoying. I'm, I I would have been very upset if I missed my window. So did you did you even hesitate? Was there even a second thought of I may I am or I'm not going to buy this? Oh no, I, I knew I wanted to get it. I mean, there wasn't. A, I mean, once I saw like, oh no, I have two hours left. I'm like, I guess I got to put my order in. So hold hold on, uh, my Steam Deck is dead, which you know, great sign. That <laughs> I wah, wah, played wah. It a lot. Um, I'm gonna grab my power adapter from the other room. One second, bloop bloop bloop. I'm gonna go grab mine too. So I will be right back. Okay, I have returned, and now Ruli has gone AFK. Son of a bitch. Will Raul return? Will the podcast continue? Find out next week! By which I mean next month at this release cadence. Oh, the more I talk during this, the more I'm gonna have to go back and edit. Fuck it, I'm just gonna insert Spanish flavor. Okay, I'm back. He Hola. returns! Hola, como estas? Okay, I went to go grab mine as well. Mine is in, was the, on the other side of the house, because I was like, if I have it in front of me, I'm gonna start playing with it, yeah. and that's gonna be bad. So let's let's start out with me uh, maybe convincing people to not buy the Steam Deck. And you can laugh because I voted for Trey to buy the Steam Deck. So I had an issue. Um, <laughs> one I, issue? I'm impressed. No. <laughs> I had one significant one. I went to use it one time. So I was going to, I bought an HDMI, uh, USB-C to HDMI adapter. I put this on a TV. I was going to play it with some of my friends. We were going to try it out. And about 30 minutes in, like, I, the HDMI started cutting out. There was like power issues. Like, what the fuck's going on? Mm-hmm. And I looked, and the battery was basically all of a sudden just started draining in real time. Oh, like wow. you were just watching it go twenty three, then five seconds later, twenty two, and then five seconds later, 
21. I was like, Jesus, what is happening? So I went online. Oh, yeah, it's completely dead mm. at 1% battery. I went online and found, um, like, some obscure Reddit threads saying that was happening. And they're like, okay, here's how you boot into, like, uh, into your BIOS, literally. Mm-hmm. And then go into, like, your energy saver mode uh, and put it in, like, battery store. Like, there's a specific battery storage mode to put the thing in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then start charging with that. Let it charge all the way through. And I was like, okay, wow, I hope that works. Um, and it only played it once since then for, like, an hour. So I, I haven't really fully tested if the battery issue came back. So the fact that it's sitting here dead makes me wonder if I have a battery issue and if I'm going to have to RMA this shit uh, to Valve. So if that's the case, dear listener, it gets my highest review rating of unreliable but fun. <laughs> yeah, and I'm looking at this right now. I'm like, yeah, there's no way to replace the battery on this bad boy. Technically Which is kinda... speaking, everything on this is um, is able to be deconstructed, and Valve apparently does, like it's all sold out as fuck, but they do actually offer the ability to buy just about any of the parts. Yeah, so, I, I remember cool. vaguely hearing that about it, yeah. And, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the back, I'm like, no, I mean, it doesn't look proprietary, right? I'm like, I could totally get a little tiny screwdriver and remove all these things and maybe find a battery in there. Would I want to do that? Maybe, depending on how broken it is. Depending on how broken it is. Yeah, I mean, it's worth calling out that unlike Sony and unlike Nintendo, and I'm not picking on them because they're like the console manufacturers, just as companies, they love proprietary hardware. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, Nintendo used to use different types of like custom screwdrivers as they keep you out of their hardware shit. Sony's notorious for making formats and data storage that is incompatible. Uh, Valve clearly taking the opposite approach and trying to do everything as, you know, OEM basic as possible with this. It is literally a computer. Um, so kudos to them on that. Uh, right to repair, two thumbs way up. So, so that's the bummer. So, so if I understand, then you haven't gotten any chance to really use it then, have you? Oh, barely at all, which is why I said I'm going to be useless in this conversation. But okay. I want to hear your experiences, and I can talk a little bit about me trying to install unsupported games that just b- crashed immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really not selling it, but I do think it's a kick-ass device. So, really, what's what's been well, your experience so far? Well, it's funny because I, I, I as much as you're saying you're going to try to tell a lot of people to buy it, um, it's been such a mixed bag. It's one of those things where when it works, it's a delightful piece of technology. And when it doesn't, it's like, why did I just drop this much money on this device? Um, so, my first experience was kind of a drag. So, like... Um, I know one of the big gimmicks was they're like, oh, hey, there, there's this new, like, um, it's set in the Portal portal universe game called um, Desk Job. Yeah. Um, and it really just, like, I mean, I, I saw image of, images of it, and it just basically looked like, um, hey, it's like like a techish demo of, like, use all the things to learn how to use the, learn how to use the Steam Deck. See, see like, some which, of the features. Yeah, which, by the way, Valve has made it uh, a habit ever since Portal, which is over 10 years ago now, mm-hmm. to make all of their tutorials kind of set in the Portal universe. They did that multiple times for their VR stuff for the originally for the, I forget the original name of their, their VR thing. And then the index, yeah. um, which I think is really cool. Yeah. So I was excited to try it out and I, you know, I, I will say the steam interface itself is probably the most polished and it works every single time. Haven't had a problem with that. So, so I will give kind of like the, the kind of OS kind of main software overview, two thumbs up. Um, but yeah, once I started the game though, it was like connect controller and I'm like, wait, I, I have all these buttons in my hands. I have joysticks in my hands. 
what do you mean that controller? It's like the controller is literally connected to the I, screen. I didn't play the tutorial. Did they really? Like, it, it's cool that you can use any controller, Microsoft, Nintendo Pro, Switch Pro. Like, yeah. You can use any controller. That's cool. But did the demo really force you to do that? I wouldn't have expected that. Well, no, it's, it's because the, the, I mean, I wouldn't say it was broken, but like, I also did a Reddit search and I'm like, why is this game saying I don't have a controller attached? And it's just like, oh, you've got to do a couple system updates and all these other things before you start playing this game so it could actually work with the Steam Deck. I'm like, that's horrible from a first impression perspective because like, i mean that the whole gimmick of the game is to be kind of like you know first first impression of the steam deck so i was like this is lame but uh i mean i i, I closed the software i did a couple updates and then it was working just fine so let's ask a question do you begrudge them requiring updates on boot that has become standard for consoles in this day except nintendo that has become standard on consoles for this day and age uh, if um, you're computers, when you install a new operating system, that's going to happen. So given the nature of this device, do you actually put that as a negative mark? Because I, I would put it hugely in the, in like the super kudos extra well, credit I, I if would they put it in, require it. I would put it in mixed, right? Because there wasn't like, like, I remember even like, you know, when I got my Xbox, you know, the first time years ago, right? It's just like the first thing it says like, hey, you can't play anything. We need to update, right? And I think for me, just like kind of the way it's kind of been talked about in the sense is just like get up and play any game that you know we we put a magical green check mark on so without kind of having that like hey before you boot let's really make sure we do an update type thing work workflow i was kind of like oh this is lame right so it just it's just more of like a preemptive telling you to do those things i mean i i get it i mean i i try to be early adopter for every other random thing that i can afford but like it, it would have been nice to have a little bit of that safety rail rather than kind of just diving into something and it immediately not working. I, would you use the words not working? I mean, like, I, I don't know. I, don't... I, I could not play the game, so it did not work. But you work. had to update. I, I don't know. I think that's, I think that's overly critical. Moving but, on. But, but, <laughs> how, how, is, how is that literally overcritical? When it's supposed to be the game that is supposed to be representing the device you just purchased. Like, if there's anything that should not be buggy, it should have been that, that piece of software. Okay, that's hard to argue against. <laughs> yeah, that's like your, if your flagship breaks, it probably means your device is kind of... Which, I will say, it is a little... Um, the games that I've played so far have been hit or miss. Cause so I was also like, okay, like maybe that one didn't work. So I'm going to try Portal. And I had that exact same problem again. And it wasn't an update thing. It was just like booting up the game the first time. Just like, for some reason, like the, it doesn't register that there's like a controller with it. Um, haven't seen that happen with other games so far, but it was just such a weird experience to kind of have that happen twice within kind of the first 24 hours of a game. So like once would have been suspicious, but then seeing it on Portal 2 was just like, well, the game Portal 1 as well, uh, was kind of surprising. So Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't have expected that. Cause I, I also launched Portal, uh, mm -hmm. when I was trying to test mine out and I didn't have any issues. So yeah. Yeah, and I get it. Technology can be finicky and whatever. So maybe there is an update I missed or something. But you know, it just it's that 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 green checkbox means a lot to me. And to, to boot it up and have it not work seems kind of weird and makes me kind of question the like, are these games really as playable as you say they are or not? But I mean, it's 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 been hit or miss where I expect it. But like once it starts working, it's pretty awesome, and I'm very happy with it. Yeah, and Valve has been. I've been, again, I've been watching YouTube videos and anything else. They've been patching in a lot of functionality, the, the Steam Deck, and trying to make it better consistently. Um, so definitely, I definitely appreciate that. 
you know, one of the the most well-known features right now they've patched in is the ability to dynamically adjust the frame rate. And so you can now move it down like 40 frames per second on average for games, uh, which for anyone who doesn't know, rendering fewer frames per second significantly reduces uh, compute and thus energy. So it gets you more, more battery life. So they're, they're yeah. trying. They're patching stuff in. They're supposed to be doing a, uh, stability and more compatibility with more games. Um, it's getting better. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, I think it's I think it's a work in progress, and I, I'm glad that there's still a lot of support for it, and I hope it maintains that momentum for as long as they can keep it up. Because uh, I think one of the things that with uh, with certain Steam devices is there's a lot of enthusiasm at the beginning, and then it just kind of just pitter patters until it disappears. And you know, I, I'm thinking things of like the Steam Link, and uh, what was the other one? Was it the Steam Box from a while back? Oh, yeah. Um, they, they definitely take a lot of risk and try stuff, but I guess once they, it's kind of, they, they pull the Google card and if something's not working, they're definitely going to just abandon it and be like, well, I guess this is, you're on your own now. Have fun. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's definitely the risk. You know, we've talked about the cast, right? I, I adore that Gabe is still in charge of Valve because they just mm-hmm. take big ass swings and most of the time they don't connect. And... Uh, well, not quite like Google, in my opinion. They do drop support for things, but they seem to carry forward the legacy and the learnings. We've talked about, I think, Steam is... Sorry, Steam Deck, specifically, is the culmination of a lot of things that came before it, including the interface from mm-hmm. the big picture and the OS from uh, the Steam box. But, yes, if it's not successful, will they cut support and move on? It's safe to say they will. And if it's not successful, it's safe to say that would be the right business practice. But as a consumer, yeah, you're kind of sitting there waiting to see what happens. Yeah, but but I will say at the rate for demand, is this considered? Well, I, I will I will say I know that they were there's like um what was it the cost to market to like get this product out in folks' hands? I don't know if they're losing money. It was maybe slightly hinted at some article, but like. I, I know for sure that like bang for your buck in terms of like components and hardware, like this is like a pretty sweet deal. Like oh, I could not, not get, I could not get a computer. I could, I could not build a computer or buy a computer for what's what's the, I got the middle one, the $529 one. Like I couldn't get anything equivalent that would play anything for, for that price range. So like that, that in itself is incredible. So I, I don't really know like what kind of KPIs it would have to kind of say this is a success, but I think from buzz, word of mouth, and just like the fact that there's been a waiting list for nine months to get one, these must be selling pretty well. Um, and I yeah, will also... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead and finish. Yeah, yeah, and I will also, also say from like a... Um, I think at the end of the day, a lot of the Steam products are to get you in there to buy more games. Like I dropped... $60 on a game from a Steam sale, then I bought it from my Steam Deck just because I'm like, I want to try something. So I think from that perspective of just like getting folks in there to buy stuff, I mean, this is a pretty nifty device to make people buy more things. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. And this is, uh, again, this is just my opinion as an outsider looking in. I have no inside industry information. Um, look, it is very clear, very obvious. Valve's bread and butter, right? They're cash cow. Mix your metaphor here is uh, the Steam store. Right? The Steam storefront yeah. is the biggest digital storefront on the planet, and for a reason, and I think it's fantastic and that they don't rest on their laurels, it's what makes them all their money. And they will always prioritize that over anything else. But then they'll take all that money and do other things. And I think, and again, I, I can't quite tell, but I think Gabe is always trying to figure out 
okay, what, what could be the next breakthrough in the market? Could we do that? Whether that is VR, whether that is, again, the Steam box and trying to chip away at the console market. And here, I am pretty sure it's clearly inspired by the Nintendo Switch, is another attempt to, okay, could we chip away at the console market and get that console money coming into us? But all of that has to be based on Steam as you know a platform and a distribution, a, a digital storefront. Mm-hmm. So you, if you're on their hardware, you'll give less money to, to Sony or Microsoft or Nintendo, and you'll give it to Steam, and what are you going to make those purchases through? Digital distribution through the Steam storefront. So yeah, I think they're trying to find other ways to expand the empire that's not just the PC, and they're trying to do that in an innovative manner. Yeah. As far as being at a loss to do that, they are clearly not making money on this hardware because of what you said. I don't know if they're selling this at a loss or not. Um, they're getting brand recognition. They're getting, you know, their devout followers to stay devout. They're hopefully going to start chipping away. Again, if this is successful, um, they will chip away at other markets. However, right now with the part shortage, right, uh, all the supply chain issues, they've bumped back the Steam dock. So, sorry, the Steam Deck dock. Say that three times fucking fast. <laughs> and they just can't manufacture things fast enough. So the fact that this is like backordered and sold out right now, unfortunately, I don't necessarily think is indicative of it being super successful. It's clearly not a flop. Yeah. But I don't know that it being backordered is like a way of saying, look how successful it is. They just might not be able to produce nearly enough, even under normal circumstances. So... I, d- I don't know. I hope the KPIs kick ass. I hope that it yeah. stays sold out and it keeps ramping up. I, it is way too soon to tell IMO. Yeah, give me one second. I gotta give Claudia the keys that are in my pocket. Sorry about that. Man, why are you putting shit in your pocket? Hello. Okay, sorry about that. Yeah, no, I mean, it's. I think all that stuff is, is hard to tell. And I mean, I don't think we'll ever get the numbers for an official answer, but... Um, We'll see. Um, let's see other stuff. Uh, okay, it's so funny you to me how oh. Valve is actually more transparent than most about certain things. Like the Steam charts telling you concurrency on games is ridiculously transparent. Um, but yeah, in this day and age, companies don't disclose their sales numbers and they don't disclose a lot of things. In all honesty, I think the best hope we have is Gabe doing an interview where he just drops bombs because that man don't give a fuck and I love him for it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So um, I, I have more game comments. I'm going to save that for a, a little bit later. But um, so the things that we can probably talk about that uh, don't in- actually involve the games is um, this thing is pretty bulky. Um, it's, it's a lot huge. more bulkier than I thought it would be. Um, I've been terrified and I've almost dropped this like three or four times already just because it's like it's um, it's weighted pretty well from the middle. But if you were to just grab it one handed from the side it's the grip on it is not good enough and i've, I've almost dropped it um i, I just experimented with that. that in my lap and you are right you could if you try to do this one-handed you could drop the fuck out of this real easy oh yeah yeah and, and but not only that it's just like it's just like it's so like weighted more on the outside that even setting it down like i'm now i'm just being like super careful i'm like if i can't put it down with both things at the same time don't try it because it's it's kind of bulky it's 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 fine whenever i'm actually like using it and like to hold it to like you know play the game or whatever like that but any type of like transportation now it's just like it either goes in the box or it's i'm playing it that's it there there is no in between (laughs) yeah no people have uh really been talking about that in reviews how remarkably comfortable it is to hold in your hands and that is seemingly in no small part because of its size but um yeah no one i think has been complaining about the build quality 
But yeah, I would be terrified to drop this motherfucker. And yes, it goes in. They give you a nice giant case. Unlike the Nintendo Switch, where you have to buy one immediately. It gives you a nice, big ass, fucking hard case for a good reason. <laughs> <laughs> and after talking about all this stuff, I'm actually going to buy a screen protector right now because I've I've learned the hard way that I should probably just buy screen protectors for everything. You know what's funny about that is. Um, I've bought the glass screen protectors for my Switch, and putting it in my case next to, like, you know, with, like, you know, headphones or power adapter, I've actually accidentally cracked the glass on the screen protector twice without ever damaging the console in any way. And I was like, man, why the fuck do I keep buying these if I'm going to crack them without damaging anything? I don't actually think they've protected, like, the actual screen. I, I don't know. So... Is it, uh, you tell me really, is it a bad sign that I've cracked it twice and I should keep buying more? Or does that mean that it is fucking useless? I mean, I think it, if, if your screen protector is cracking, it probably means that it absorbed the impact of something that would have scratched your original screen. So you're saying I should buy a screen protector for this. I'm saying you should probably buy multiple. <laughs> God damn it. Um, I did buy, so I went online and I wanted to buy a stand for this little guy. Um, in case I want to like, you know. I, I really like that you can pair it with a controller, and I really like mm-hmm. the idea that I could have a controller and, like, put this on, like, a table or something. Or, like, when, I, when I'm when i traveling on uh, planes and I bring my Switch, I have a little stand because the stand on the Switch is fucking useless. And I put the Switch on that, and I take the controllers off, which means you have to remove airplane mode. Don't tell anyone. Um, <laughs> so I wanted the ability to do that and have a stand for, for this guy. So I bought one, and in doing so, the stands were, like, 10 bucks or whatever. And the, uh, or 10 bucks or more. And buying, like, a, a shock case for the outside of it was, like, 10 or 15 bucks. But you could buy the two of them together for like basically the price of one. Like, less than 20 bucks for both, where it would have been, like, 12 bucks or more each. So, fuck it, I bought a pair. And I haven't even put the shock case on the Switch. Deck <laughs> I suck. Yeah. No, no, I, have, I, have I told you the, the my Surface Pro or Surface Gen 3 story? no enlighten me oh yeah so like um god this this will probably date it like so surface 3 we're on like what surface like 7 8 now or something oh, like this god i had a surface was it a 1 or a 2 but yes go ahead yeah so so it's like the novelty of it being a tablet is so cool but it's a big hefty large computer so it's kind of heavy i i dropped it i broke the screen and it was so sad Whoops. and after that i'm like nope everything is getting a case and everything is getting a screen from now on no matter what yeah, so I, i'm i'm so i've always been like highly protective of my everything i hate breaking things i hate losing things i hate dropping things so yeah i've always had you know switch cases and protectors and i've even had like ones for my 3ds if it was going to travel like shit you don't need um, yeah so yes, so that, that I, is a protective case in itself. That little clamshell thing, you just close it, you're good. That was one of my, I'm not even kidding, that was one of my favorite things when they had the different, like when they brought the Game Boy SP out and had the clamshell design. I was like, oh I good, I don't have to worry about scratching the fucking screen. <laughs> and that was like, what, what what age was I when that came out? High school Tom? Middle school Tom? I don't even know what version of Tom that, that was. That was middle school. We're old. <laughs> but anyways, okay, back to the Steam Deck. This thing is giant and behemoth um it does have a 3.5 jack which i'm happy about that so i don't have to worry about my bluetooth batteries dying um the the only thing that seems a little not high quality is the sd card hole thing because like i plugged mine in and it seems rather flush like i could just kind of like flick it out or something Mm. um i i bought a new card to put into this guy and i haven't even done that yet i haven't done anything 
nothing. Um, okay, so other than my bad experience playing games, um, I was able to play Portal eventually. Um, did a couple levels of that. That was pretty cool. Um, I will say, like, if you haven't done the d- desk job thing, um, I think this one has been the um, coolest, most intuitive uh, gyro connection type thing before. So, like, um, in order to kind of, like, like get into, like, the movable aim type thing, you just got to leave your thumb on the right joystick. And then it, that basically, I guess there's some, like, contact magic thing that goes with it. And then you could just start doing that way. So you can kind of, like, really? get your get your broad aiming thing and then just kind of, like, nudge it a little bit of the right way by, by moving the controller. And that was pretty sweet. Um, I think that might help. Because uh, did, did, you, did you even play Left 4 Dead on the Steam Deck? Uh, I, I did, but only for like five minutes. I just wanted to see how it ran. And, you know, for okay. a, what is that, 12-year-old game, it ran gloriously smooth. Yeah. So you see, that might kind of help with like headshot accuracy type things. Because like, I, I, I'm i more console than PC, but like, I still like having a mouse for like actually shooting things. Joystick's a little, little bit of learning curve at times, just because every game's sensitivity is a little different. You got to hone in on that. But uh, that was nice. To, that, was, that was actually one of the most surprising like little magic things that it has. Um, yeah, no, I, I think I, I think I'd said that in our, uh, our, one of our Slack channels. I yeah. was like, oh man, who the fuck plays FPSs with yeah. a joystick? Yeah. Um, it, it has the two, um, mousey pad thingies, like the, um, Steam controller. So that's pretty cool. I haven't really used them that much, but they're pretty cool. Just um, navigating around like the store and the deck is, uh, easy enough, but like, yeah, the minute you need a mouse, it, it really is. The touchpad's remarkably good. Yeah. Yeah, so I played a little bit of Desk Job, I played a little bit of Portal, and then the Steam sale sucked me in, and I, and I purchased, what was it, uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Oh, hey, you did it. Um, I did, and um, mixed as well. Um, it crashed like two times already. Um, but I, I think that kind of goes into the next thing where I'm like, I'm super excited that I keep hearing that there's a lot of ways to customize this. Like, care you're mentioning like dynamic frameworks and like and all that other stuff. I just don't know how to do any of that stuff yet, and um, I don't know what's kind of would be the best resource to kind of figure out how to enable that stuff because it's like every demo that I've or every YouTube video I've seen kind of has like this like little FPS widget on the side, and or, and I'm like. Where does that come from? I don't even see it in the settings. Is that developer mode? Is that something else? So I feel like there's like this whole other like learning curve of just like some of the like uh, really get in there and kind of tweak things um, side of the so Steam that, Deck. That means you haven't like booted into the Steam or the the is it Steam Desktop? What is it? Steam Deck Desktop? I don't know what they call it. Oh, there's I don't actually know a what desktop mode where it literally turns into a Linux desktop. Oh, I I have no I I don't even know that that's a thing. Yeah, it, apparently it's pretty easy to boot into, um, and that's how, like, because it literally is now a Linux desktop, when you do that, you can treat it like a Linux machine, and that's how you can install uh, a lot of software. So, like, I'm looking into installing emulators on it, and mm-hmm. um, that's the way you go about doing it. And it's cool, mm-hmm. because there's different, you can get your own launcher apps, or you can let the apps get launched directly. Like, the Steam Deck UI is effectively just launching things. Again, it's a Linux machine, it's just launching apps. Yeah. So you can customize and install like all of your games and your shit kind of like as shortcuts, but they just look like Steam games in your library. Or you can just have Steam launch the other launchers like RetroArch. But yeah, it, yeah it's cool. And I, I'm looking forward to trying that. I, I haven't really messed with the bits and bobs yet. But that's one of the first projects I think I'm going to do is, is yeah. play with some emulators. 
Okay, so now I see when you're calling it project mode, because you're really getting into it. And ah, oh, like, I, I am so on the fence about getting into that. Um, I'm sure I've heard you, told you my Cyogen mod story, but I've, I'm sure dear listener hasn't heard this before. Um, yeah, br- back early, early adopter of like the Android phones. Um, one of the cool things was like, it's just basically a little Linux phone. You can put whatever you want on it. So I just did the whole, like, let's just go and flash this thing and put, you know, just some other operating system on it that can do cool things that Google doesn't want to do. Well, when you do that, sometimes they don't do a lot of good quality assurance and certain functionality, like, you know, getting phone calls, um, just doesn't work in your operating system. Really? Yeah. So like there was like a week where I'm like, no one's called me for a week. I wonder what's going on. And then it's just like, oh, my phone doesn't work. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm like, it's, I, I'm, I like to dive in and customize stuff, but also I'm like, I don't, I don't want to break this, this cool little piece of machinery or kind of yeah, I've just it's. I, I looked into okay, so I've never flashed my primary phone. Um, at one point, I had gotten my hands on a cheap piece of shit Galaxy tablet, and I intended mm-hmm. to flash that. And I started looking into how to do it, and I was like, "Man, I am way too lazy to do this." Because like, I just wanted to see if I could, and I was like, "Man, this yeah. is just way." It, it, like, look, I know I could figure it out. Like, yeah, the, the I, value, I have done a the lot. The value of crazy proposition shit. early on was so cool, right? Because it just like. Vanilla Android was just so hideous back in the day. I mean, it's still hideous now, but it's tolerable. But like back in the day, I'm like, it was gross. So like, like, but now like some of the value proposition, I'm like, hey, jump through all these hoops and um, you can play uh, Super Mario Brothers 2 on your, your iPhone. I'm like, really? That's it? Like that's, well, I did all that stuff to well, just do that. Ba- back in the day, everything was like, you had to know how to format shit correctly and copy shit correctly. Nowadays, most of those types of projects just have automated install scripts, which yeah. as a software engineer, I'm like, oh my god, you are literally telling me to type in pseudo curl pipe to bash. I'm just giving, <laughs> literally, I am giving the internet, I'm giving a web server admin control over my computer's command line. <laughs> I mean, that's how oh. I install a bunch of Python packages these days and Docker and blah and blah. <laughs> I, because you're doing it from secured sources that are vetted and verified. But mm-hmm. uh, th- yeah, my point being, nowadays... The, the core stuff is really easy to do. Setting up like a mister mm-hmm. is way easier now. Setting up RetroArch in this thing apparently is basically clicking an install button. Um, now you have to go off into the internet and find if you want to get cores or you know ROMs or anything else. You have to go find the data. But the core install stuff is really easy in this, this day yeah. and age. Um, with some exceptions. Well, whenever you make a video on how to do that, I'll watch it, Tom. Did, did I ever tell you about my most popular blog post of all time? Um, was it the one that you searched for when you had to answer a question and your, your, your answer was the first one that popped up and you're like, well, oh I, yeah, I wrote this. People told me that a lot and I was always super kind of pr- pleased and proud when people said that, but no, cause that was always obscure.net shit. Um, my most popular blog post was I got Master of Orion 1, an old DOS game from the early nineties working on my Nexus 7 tablet. That tells you how long it was. <laughs> So I figured out how to get DOSBox running, figured out how to get the, 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 you know, I got the version from GOG, got it on there, and made it all work. And it was, actually, that game was fantastic to play on a tablet. Um, and my, my brother was like, oh man, that'd be really cool, I'd like to do that. So I, I wrote up this whole tutorial and put it on my blog just for Jeff, just so I could be like, hey Jeff, here's how you do it. Mm-hmm. And Kotaku ended up picking up that and being like, hey, how do you run old games on your tablet? Well, here's a guy who learned how to install, uh, you know, DOSBox and Master of Orion. 
and that reference from a Kotaku article by far gave me the most uh, hits I've yeah. ever had on my blog. That's funny. It's so like, you joke like about wait till I write an article? I might. <laughs> cool. Well, what was oh, that so by the way, oh, while we've been talking, I've been scrolling through the Steam Deck in the store, and I have made a decision. The first thing I'm going to play through this is I fucking love Into the Breach. I love that goddamn game so much. And I played through it on Switch, and it was glorious. It came out in 2018. Now, in 2022, the first DLC for that game is about to come out. And I was going to obviously replay the whole thing to play the DLC. I am totally going to do that on the Steam Deck. I have made the decision. Okay. When it starts working. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anything else you want to say about the Steam Deck? Well, I'm sure we'll talk about it again. I'm sure we'll... uh, actually have a little more fun and you'll have less bugs and i'll have installed some roms zach will get his i'm sure we'll discuss it again but uh anything you want to close us out on we do do a little bit of news then we'll call it a night uh yeah i um i don't know if this is the most powerful machine in my house right now because the the quote-unquote gaming rig that i have um that i'm recording on right now that i've you know built a, a long time ago it's probably more than five to six years old. So I don't, I think this is probably like the, the, the biggest, most powerful gaming rig in my house right now. And I'm kind of happy with that because I didn't have to do anything. I just gave them money and I get games. So I'm happy about that. So um, I have for the last 15 plus years, maybe more, I've just always invested in big ass gaming laptops. Uh, and every like, you know, three plus years, I'll replace it three to four years, I'll replace it with a new big-ass gaming laptop. So I actually have, right here in this room, I'm staring at three mm-hmm. giant behemoth gaming laptops. Um, yeah. And now for work, uh, my new job, it's just everyone's running MacBook Pros. And so I don't have mine yet. I'm using a loaner laptop. It's really slow. I fucking hate it. Um, <laughs> but that's become my, like, main PC, and it's taken over my my main desk area. And so... Yeah, I also am in a situation where I'll have the the MacBook Pro. I guess that'll be my quote-unquote beast of a machine. But yeah, mm-hmm. I don't have super powerful hardware in the house. One of my laptops is still powerful enough to do VR. It's it's pretty beefy. But the Steam Deck is probably, again, until I get the MacBook Pro, it, it's easily number two in the house. I think my other laptop beats it. Yeah. But it's it's kind of a cool world where the handheld piece of electronics that you can get for you know under $500. I'm not trying to trivialize that amount of money, but like yeah. you get a beefy handheld computer for under half a grand and it can be so powerful as to play modern video games that's fucking amazing that's a cool world to live in oh yeah okie dokie really you want to do uh one or two news headlines uh yeah go f- yourself san diego tell me about pizza apparently because i don't know anything about pizza well pizza's a food it's kind of delicious uh, you put toppings on it. I don't recommend anchovies. I do recommend mushrooms. mushrooms so, okay, I can do mushrooms. So, really, are you aware of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge, the latest uh, TMNT game to come out? Um, no, it's like this. It's not a remake or anything of something that existed before, right? No, but it's the spiritual successor to a you know a side-scrolling beat 'em up. So, the original like it famous Turtles uh, Ninja Turtles arcade game. Then there yeah. was Turtles in Time. Arguably one of the best side-scrolling beat-em-ups of all time on multiple consoles. This is, people are basically describing it as the sequel to that. Okay. Um, so, yeah, don't be confused. It's not, I, I originally thought it was a remake, and it is it is not a remake. It is a wholly original game. It has more mechanics. It has six fucking multi, uh, player multiplayer. Um, 
and it's getting phenomenal reviews. Everybody fucking loves it. Well, the thing I wanted to talk about specifically, because I think it's hilarious, and this is old news uh, on the internet, but the uh, Limited Run Games, who I think are awesome, I bought a bunch of their shit, uh, they did a special edition, a special collector's edition for this, and they wanted to kind of recreate, I forget if it was the original TMNT game or Turtles in Time, there had been like a special edition box or like maybe just the normal game box you could buy for that back in the day that came with a coupon. Is it coupon or coupon? Uh, you're, you're asking the wrong person about pronunciations. It's it's whatever makes you happy. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with coupon <laughs> just to piss off the world. So it came with a coupon for a small personal pan pizza from Pizza Hut. Do you remember that okay. shit? I don't remember any of that at all. But, no, but like, I mean, it sounds, Pizza sounds Hut, believable. Pizza Hut as a kid, you remember the little personal pan pizzas? Do they even still do those? I don't know. I don't remember the small pizzas. I just don't. Remember, I don't remember the coupon. Yeah, so the, the, like one of the original TMNT games came with a coupon, and so Limited Run Games wanting to like recreate that was like, hey, Pizza Hut, can we get a coupon from you <laughs> to do a little mini pizza? And I think, I think Pizza Hut was like, why the fuck are you doing paper? Like, there was, like, all this stories or speculation of, like, it being really hard to get that for Pizza Hut. But they did. <laughs> Limited Runs did. They got uh, coupons for personal pan pizzas from fucking Pizza Hut. And it comes <laughs> in the box if you buy the collector's edition. Well, that's funny. I, 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 follow, I stumbled on his Twitter thing. It's like, I also want to be clear, in case anyone gets mad about it uh, being exclusively to us, this coupon exists because we refuse to give up on making it happen. I sent out about 300 cold emails to That's Pizza Hut over the course of a year until I finally found the right person. I was determined. That's pretty cool. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Um, and that's why I, I I think Limited Run is is great. I think they're run by nerds who actually give a shit about the things they do. They hired awesome people like Jeremy Parrish. Um, I just think they're really cool, and I think their commitment to nerding out on that is so awesome. Very cool. All right, that was one of my headlines. What's one of your headlines? Oh, I mean, I have like one more um, after this. That's all I got. <laughs> um, boom! Could it's not a headline. I'm just gonna put it in mini review territory. Um, I binge watched the remaining part of Stranger Things uh, the Fourth of July weekend because I don't know how to read. Um, I could have swore that this season was like the last, last season of Stranger Things. So I'm like, I got to watch this now because I don't want to see any spoilers if this is going to end. No, it is the penultimate season. So, um, I went through it really, really quickly. It's, uh, two episodes. And I think those two episodes are a whopping three hours combined, maybe three and a half. Wait, wait, wait. I thought, I thought season four had like two halves and that there's going to be a season five. Am I, am I wrong about all this? Oh, you know, there is going to be season five. I, I thought season four was the last one. Like, I, I so, originally thought that too. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know where I got that from, but I, I mean, it's it's all confusing. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. Who knows? But So yeah, wait, so but are like, you saying that the second part of the season drop was effectively two episodes, two long ones? Yeah, it was only two episodes and they were like super extremely long. So, uh, but like, we saw them anyways, because we are super excited about watching and wrapping up Stranger Things. So I'll say it's pretty good. I think it's one of those where the the journey is more fun than the destination. Um, there, it's, are you a fan of Stranger Things? I know we've talked about it in the past. Oh yeah, I totally I enjoyed we did all a review three of seasons of Stranger Things. Okay, okay. I, I'm yeah. that horrible, weird, bizarre person who actually might like season two the most, and everyone else hates that the most. <laughs> yeah. 
No, no, I, I think I think I liked it too. Not the most, but it was still good though. Um, but yeah, it, it's one of those things where just like like if you know the formula, there are like four serious plots going on all at the same time, and they all kind of converged at the very very end. And then after they converge, there's like still another half hour left in the episode. I'm like. Do I really want to see another half hour of this, or am I okay? Um, so, but I mean, it's it's still good. Like, it's it's not cliffhanger territory where it's just like I need to see things to get answers. Uh, but it, it was enough to have a, a satisfying show. So definitely worth uh, catching up on season four uh, if you are interested in the Stranger Things. Oh, I'm I'm definitely interested. I definitely want to watch it I, again. It it's I've been talking much more openly recently. You know, as we did an episode recently about depression and and how it's different for everybody i just have such a ridiculously hard time starting something new um so there's so many shows i want to pick up and it just feels daunting to me to be like oh i gotta watch like 10 episodes like it's so bizarre i can't explain it it's irrational but it's just been hard for me and so stranger things is absolutely on the list because i totally enjoyed it and i want to watch it um yeah. i just had a hard time with that well when you get to it we can do a full-on review because i thought it was pretty good we haven't done a qq review in a while um my brother said that Stranger Things season four might be his favorite since season one and going up like in that caliber, in that quality. What are your thoughts? If you were just, you don't have to stack rank seasons, but how high quality do you think season four is? Um, it's good. Um, <laughs> that was such I, a well, hesitant. It's, it's good. Well, it's because it's, it's like I, I, my criticism is specific to how like the mechanics of the show but like it's like um from the perspective of like the dynamics of the characters and kind of folks like you know like how they get along with each other and the relationships they form like it's a good show right and i think it's hard to say like if things are better than the previous ones because i think like season four builds up on three seasons of you know these kids having their relationship grow grow right so it's just like of course things are going to resonate way way more than they would season one just because you've you've got that like story and background with it so i think that was that that like that part of the um storytelling was good right but i think some of the mechanics of um let's see you you may not re- hopefully folks don't remember but i felt like stranger things had the exact same criticism that i had of castlevania and I think once you see it, you'll you'll get what I'm talking about. But I'm like, this is literally Castlevania all over again. What is going on? What was your criticism of Castlevania? I don't... I know we all had varying degrees of, you know, which season was best or the elements we didn't mm-hmm. like, but all of us overall liked it. So what, what criticism are you referring to specifically? Sorry, I can't remember. Well, well, it might be a little... Ster- it might be a little bit of spoiler territory. I don't know, because it's more of the mechanics of the story. But, like, if there are four stories going on, and you're at like the climax of four stories um by having them all kind of get resolved within 30 seconds of each other in a montage really takes away of the awesomeness of some of the stuff you see because like that that's what i felt like was like season two of castlevania which one was the one with the um the bunch of bodies in the ball thing the the whatever um I forget what that thing is called. No, like, I I that, was season, that was season three. And yeah, season three. yes, I know what you're referring to there. Yeah. yeah and I'm like, like there, there is like maybe like two or th- like there's, there's probably at least two iconic scenes like that are just so utterly awesome within that, within that, that montage. But it's just like, you don't have the ability to like really enjoy it and take it in because you're also taking in three other things that are ending. And I'm like, I wish they didn't do that. Like, I kind of get, like, the goal of that, like, what they were kind of do from a storytelling perspective, but, like, from a, 
I want to enjoy it and kind of like soak in and marinate in the coolness. That didn't happen because guess what? Just keep moving because there's three other things we got to catch you up on. Yeah, no, I, I totally get you. And I think the other seasons, as I'm trying to recall, did a better job of like ending one storyline with an episode and then going to the next one, and ending a storyline in an episode. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I hear you. Um, yeah, fair enough. Doesn't mean it's bad. That was good. Yeah, no, it, it was, like I said, def- definitely worth watching. And whenever y'all decide to watch it, I'll probably just watch it in the background or something to remember things. All right. Uh, well, so in pulling this up, um, and this is not impressive, uh, I was <laughs> I was going to mention that Portal is out on Switch as my news, which, one, is not impressive, and two, we were just talking about Portal on a handheld. I guess it's not really that relevant. But, uh, yeah, Nintendo Direct dropped... They made a bunch of announcements, including the, uh, really surprising, in my opinion, just, oh, hey, remember how we said Portal was coming to Switch? It's out today! Which I think was oh, kick-ass. Yeah. Well, it's, which is funny, because, like, the first thing I did was install Portal on this, because I wanted to play Portal on a handheld. And I don't know, I, I think this, like, the pending crashy issues, I, my Switch may just kind of give me collecting dust. Oh, fuck. I do love my Switch. I love Nintendo games so much. Okay, you know what? I got I got something to go out on here. You put a link, and I think I missed this, because you had two two uh, messages back-to-back in our Slack chat. Yeah. I think I missed the first one. Castlevania Nocturne announcement. So is this this is the, the sequel series, right? Um, yes. And I, th- I think it was one of those, like, we're making another Castlevania. It's official. I'm like, I thought it was already official. Uh, yeah, just, I thought it was already I official. Was just... does, does this trailer have any substance? I was going to say we could, uh, we could watch the trailer. I don't think there's any substance in it. Boo hiss. I will do it anyway. But but we'll we'll save it for when Zach gets here because it's it's what forty two seconds. So oh, and God. Zach would be in, yeah. It. Like I don't think there's anything in there. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, cool. Uh, I guess that'll do it. Really, any more headlines? You good? Um, well, I mean, since we're talking about that one really quick, I'll talk about the next one. Or did I talk about it already? The the uh, the John Wick people are making a vampire movie. No, and I saw. No, enlighten me. Oh uh, yeah, so apparently, um, the I think I think it's, it might be the one of the director of one of the John Wick movies is making a movie about people who hunt vampires, and it's just like from some of the clips they showed, it's like the ridiculousness of, of John Wick, but now with the supernatural overtones of vampires, so it means even more ridiculousness, which I am all in for. I am remarkably down with that. I forget the name that of it, all. but I'm I'm sure when it comes out, I will be praising it. When the fuck is John Wick 4 coming out? I don't know. I, 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 it might be scary, but I'm, I'm not actually that excited about John Wick 4. Well, Well, the way 3 ended is just kind of like, it's, it's a thing, I guess. I don't know. Well, I, I, I'm saying that now, but when it comes out, I'm yeah. going to just be whatever. I, I hadn't watched any John Wick movies until the third one was coming out. And my coworkers were like, what the fuck? Let's have a movie night. So me and two other guys hung out, we watched the first John Wick movie, and I was like, holy shit, that was an amazing action movie. And they're like, okay, you want to watch part two? And I was like, yes. So we back-to-back <laughs> watched parts one and two, which I didn't expect to do in one night. And then, you know, the next week went and saw John Wick 3. So mm-hmm. um, I had a great experience. I was hyped through all of it. Uh, say what you will about the storyline, which really just becomes a little overly simple and generic. The action in those are just second to none they're incredible they're fucking amazing action sequence after action sequence after creative action sequence so i'm totally stoked for john wick 4 because i'm not i think the story's fine uh but i'm not particularly invested in that i just like want to see the goddamn spectacle oh yeah, yeah yeah i mean if the spectacle's there i'm for it it's just i'm i'm 
I don't know how you could top three, but I also said I don't know how you could top two, and I don't know how you could top one. Exactly. Um, but and then I, I will say I, I totally agree uh, with the other stuff because in the before times, um, I, I definitely did the the triple feature when it came out. They they did each of the John Wick movies back to back to back, and that was loads of fun. That'd be awesome. One of my friends wants to do that when Avatar comes out. He wants to go see Avatar one followed by Avatar two back to back, and I'm like, I am gonna have to pee so bad. <laughs> uh, it's not even that I loved Avatar. I just love James Cameron. Um, and so I'm like, all right. All right, I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> all all right. right. Well, cool. Send us dear home, listener. Tom. Huh? Send us home, Tom. All right. Dear listener, thank you so very much for joining us. Uh, hopefully, we will we will break this like six-week spree of barely not podcasting and then me not editing. Uh, and we'll be back next week with, with Mr. Zach Mayer. We'll have a little threesome again on mic. It'll be great. It'll be hot. We'll talk about some Steam Deck. All that, all those hot vents spraying over wherever you're holding it, probably down around the waist. It's gonna be hot, hot experience. Do, do you think you're actually gonna get it fixed by then? Are you are you actually gonna file an RMA for it, or? Uh, you know, I'm, it's at thirty five percent or thirty seven percent charge right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna test out how the charge goes out. I don't know if it goes down on me, Raul. I might have to get it RMA. I don't know how much <laughs> innuendo can I put in this? Uh, dude, really, thanks thanks for hanging out. Thanks for shooting the shit, man. Um, I, when was the last time it was just you and I talking? It's been. I think the last time that happened, we just ended up shooting the shit off Mike and, and talked about stuff. Uh, um, I don't remember. Yeah, man. Time uh, time is a blur. Eh, that, that it fucking is. Well, dude, uh, thanks again. Really love talking with you, man. Yep. And, um, Thank you, Tom. Yeah. Dear listener, we'll be back next week. But until then, QQ Deck. I'm bad at these outros. <laughs> dear listener thank you so very much for joining us please always remember that any views expressed on the podcast should be taken in context and are representative solely of the person expressing them they are not representative of their friends and family their co-hosts their co-workers and certainly not of their employers past present or future so again thank you for joining us and thanks for respecting our individuality i just got bored everybody out